Hello, welcome to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm Brandon Dollar Coltman. I'm joined by Jordan Dollar Coltman. How are you doing, Jordan? Good. Ready for some more recent. It's been a it's been a minute. We had a a very large event take place at Silverstone last week. We'll get into that um, and the aftermath that is included. And we've got a, uh, uh, an exciting race ahead here at the Hungarian Hungarian Grand Prix at the Hungaroring. <laughs> Apparently, that's the racetrack name. Um, and uh, and uh, and and we'll set that one up uh, this weekend. All right, here we go. Okay, so Silverstone first lap. Well, first, I want to say, uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, the qualifying? This is the first time we saw the sprint qualifying. Um, is this something we're going to see more of? And, yeah, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I'll just um, <laughs> briefly um, clarify. It wasn't actually last week. We had a whole week off. So it feels oh like gosh. last week because last there's race. a lot of – a lot of news, though, swirling around it, obviously, for obvious reasons. Yes, let's start with the sprint, because that was supposed to be the big story coming out of this, I think everyone thought. The iron, the, the, the funniest thing, and I think both uh, the commentators um, talked about it uh, a little bit during it, it was, it was the, you know, the FIA and F1 kept pushing, this isn't a race, this isn't a race, this is qualifying, this is qualifying. It was a bloody race. It was a very short, very fun oh, yeah. sprint race, but it was a race, and they were driving like it was a race, and... I think that, you know, it looks good for F1 to do something a little bit different. I don't know if all the drivers really love it. I think some of them figured it out. Some of them couldn't quite figure it out. It was entertaining, though. You know, they're going to do, do mean? I think, What's to figure out more of them. The- well, like, it's so, it's just different than what their usual weekend routine is. Right. right qualifying right. Okay. and they have okay. strategy and certain drivers qualify really well and certain drivers don't. We watched, for example, you know, a guy like Russell who has had a pretty good season so far qualifying-wise. You know, he's getting that Williams to qualify much higher than a lot of people expected him to. But of course that Williams struggles in bad air. So the minute you get into a sprint, he lost positions from what he had qualified. Had it been a regular qualifying, he would have been able to start further up the grid. But you know, that's neither here nor there at the end of it. But I thought it was entertaining from a fan perspective. It was a little bit of fun, you know, kind of short. Um, But, you know, to be honest, for me, the biggest winner was Alonzo because he just, he totally took advantage of it and, and really, really, demonstrated how how good a driver he is he put the car in some really great passing positions and made some good moves on only what like you know 15 17 laps racing. Yeah, yeah it was like 18 laps i think but he he went he went hard and, and in that little bit of time he had he, he improved his position so you know uh overall i i was impressed with it yeah it, i just the idea that uh like you think about baseball and people's gripes with it it's that it's too long. And sometimes I feel like these races are just a little too long. Uh, not because necessarily they need to be, but the excitement that comes around it being shorter uh, is kind of something interesting. And I wonder if the FIA took that into consideration uh, just to grow the sport, you know, are, are the way we've been doing these races uh, forever, the way that we should continue to do them. And if they're shorter races, what does that look like for scheduling? And maybe you can get a few, I don't know. There's just uh, there's something kind of interesting about the excitement around fewer laps that, that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed about the the sprint this, this last week. Yeah. So we will see it again. Uh, it sounds like the next one, we weren't sure uh, originally when they were going to schedule it, but it looks like they've announced that the next one will be at Monza. So that's the Italian Grand Prix, which is, I think it is about four 
four or five races from now. So Monza, one of the fastest tracks, so it should be perfectly set up for a really good, uh, another another really cool sprint, and, and that'll be our next chance at it. You know, like, I think the criticism that the sprint got was mostly just the idea that, like, it only really benefits the teams that didn't qualify well because there's an yeah. opportunity for them to, like, get better. It hurts everybody else, but, like, that's... I mean, that's the, that's the idea, isn't it? The whole point of them well, trying something different was to try to like increase the competitiveness and try to make it more, more exciting. And, you know, that I think it did that. I, I, honestly, I could live without it and I could live with it. I don't really <laughs> have like a, I prefer it over the other one. I really enjoy qualifying as it is. I find it really fascinating to just see these drivers try to push as hard as they can. And sometimes you get some nice surprises, but I do think it's fun to mix it up and it kind of adds a new wrinkle to the more season. racing, you know, that's what the sport is. And Time trials are fun, but yeah, more racing. That was what was that was what was awesome. Okay, yeah. so that was that was sprint that got us to the track uh, on Sunday, and then one lap in. This was also really fun. Let me just preface: this was really fun at Silverstone because there are quite a few, and by quite a few, I mean like three British drivers on the track. Um, mm-hmm. So hometown fans at the uh, at the race uh, once yeah, again. Capacity crowd. Uh, so this was a lot of fun with Lewis at the front battling Max Verstappen, who's kind of taken over for the time being as, as that top driver, uh, one lap in Verstappen's in the wall. What happened? Yeah. Well, two very aggressive drivers going at it and, you know, they make contact at cops corner and, and we saw the result, very serious, heavy crash for Verstappen. Uh, luckily, he walked away. He was okay. Um, may have suffered, you know, a, a concussion and some sort of minor injuries, but he'll race again this this week. So, you know, all things considered, he gets out unscathed. But yeah, it was dramatic and it was a very contentious situation. Uh, obviously, it, in the moment, you know, emotions immediately ran high for everybody involved. They had their red flag the race, so there was some time for both teams to sort of vent. And the stewards, I think, were inundated very quickly with some angry officials from the Red Bull side and some defensive uh, officials from the Mercedes garage. But um, it was interesting. I, I was a little surprised, to be honest with you, that it wasn't just considered a racing incident, only because that has been sort of the trend we've seen in the last um sort of seasons when it comes to incidents in the first lap that aren't egregious i think this one was very borderline as as far as like you know they made contact on a corner basically side by side the question mark about who really owed who what space based on position it's very tricky and obviously we're talking about hundreds of seconds to make decisions and you know was hamilton aggressive hell yes he was aggressive he knew full well that if he wasn't going to get into the lead during lap one he wasn't going to win the race um and so he was driving like his race depended on it um was he too aggressive Picking up the legs of the beholder but but Verstappen also, you know, only a moment earlier had been um, behind and he made a great pass the previous corner to get back out in front after after Lewis had, had got an edge on him. So both drivers, I think, will look at the incident differently now because of the result. But in the moment, I don't know, it, it's very tricky for me to judge. I personally do didn't hold Lewis to the same level of responsibility that Red Bull obviously does. Now they have a very biased and, 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 and yeah. invested interest in the outcome of it. It was interesting. He got a 10 second penalty, uh, which he served won. and still won and the race. Yeah. Won the race. So yeah. does yeah. he win this race? If this happens on the fifth lap, 
how do you mean? If if the incident if, happens on the fifth if lap, this I don't incident think the incident could have happened on the fifth lap because I don't think they'd have ever. Oh, they wouldn't have been that again. close. Yeah, true. Yeah, and that's yeah, a true. part of the thing is that's why it's a racing incident. We want competitive racing. We want drivers to be pushing for overtakes. Well, then you've got to have some leniency and understanding that occasionally you know they're yeah, going to make yeah. contact. They're it was the slightest thing. It wasn't like he caught in front of him. It wasn't like he turned into him. You know they. Both were fighting for the same inch of track and literally, you know, a, a fraction of contact caused a, a very serious, and no one's going to deny that it wasn't a serious incident. And of course, you know, with the caps and the money situations this season, you know, it cost Red Bull $1.8 million. You know, it's a serious blow to their overall season budget that they now have to figure out how they're going to stick within. But regardless it's racing right so i don't know i i think it was a little bit overblown personally i think that red bull fans will obviously beg to differ because that's what they will do and and that's fine but i think there's evidence to the fact that the fia and formula one didn't think that there was anything more to be done about it than the 10 second penalty because red bull tried to file a sort of a, a formal a grievance yeah a grievance this week and it was dismissed out of hand and they said no let's move on and i think that's what we're going to do now does it add some fun new wrinkle and drama to this race for the championship it definitely does that and that's where we get to see what's next here in hungary i wouldn't expect retribution so much as the emotions might just be a little bit higher we'll see competition so another guy that uh, lost out on opportunity lando norris took uh, a pit stop that was like over four seconds and bottas took uh took overtook him and he was just not able to get that back do you think uh, mclaren missed out there norris you mean I do mean Norris, but uh, but I but I mean the team too. Like these points are valuable, and and there is a difference well, finishing yes, third think, to fourth. Yeah, I think Norris. Uh, it's tricky. Well, it definitely matters because obviously Leclerc getting second hurts because they're really in a fight with Ferrari. Um, yeah, and it it always sucks when you have a a poor pit stop and we've seen that a few different times to be honest with you the the beneficiary of it this time Bottas has been one of the victims of a few bad pit stops this season and last season already so he kind of got a little bit of the luck his way this time I thought Bottas actually had a really great race he had to he he, he also played you know the team role uh he was in second uh as as Hamilton was coming back from his 10 second uh penalty and the moment that an opportunity was there for Lewis to overtake Bottas took the the team party line and got out of the way and didn't put any kind of stink up and I think that that was good of Bottas to play play along and understand where he sits on this team and the fact that Hamilton has a chance at the championship and he just doesn't realistically um, so he did a good job that way but I think that to be honest with you as tough as it was for Norris great race for Ferrari to put themselves back into a position to really push McLaren who's been dominating Norris obviously we talk yeah. about all the time is the last guy still with with points in every race and he, his streak continues but Leclerc in a in a limping Ferrari uh, got that car to the end. He had multiple engine failures um, throughout the race and the, eventually they were having to do things like telling him not to shift gears while on the curbs and all kinds of things. He just, that the car was struggling and a great job by a very, very talented young driver to sort of nurse at home and do so <laughs> and know, only three out. seconds behind Hamilton at the end. So, yeah. you know, great pace out of that Ferrari, even with it, even with its struggle. So, um, positive yeah, well, I'm, we've seen Leclerc like he, in qualifying he's always pushing that top so to be able to get it uh, at Silverstone uh, right yeah. on any last thoughts last on Silverstone 
Yeah, the last thing I would say, uh, we talked about in the preview of it a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you were asking, is there any are, is there any life left in Ricardo? Are we going to see him bounce back? And he finished fifth, right behind Norris. He got lots of really important point ten points for for uh, McLaren again to push back and fight against Ferrari. And it was one of his better races, I thought. He he had a a great little uh, fight with Alonso at one point, and then he had Carlos Sainz right up behind him, and so he was being you know pushed by the other Ferrari while they were trying to get as many points away from Ferrari as possible. So honestly, as much fun, and it is a lot of fun to, to, to watch the Hamilton Verstappen battle, a, a great B plot this season is going to be McLaren and Ferrari right down to the wire here as Ferrari has a great comeback season and, and McLaren, McLaren tries to, uh, to take third place for a second season in a row. So that that's kind of a fun B plot. I would, I would say. That's fantastic. Well, let's leave uh, Silverstone there. Okay, the Hungarian Grand Prix comes at us this uh, Sunday, August first. Um, what? Where does the plot thicken in Hungary for the F one uh, season? Well, I think we get to see Hamilton Verstappen. What part six, part seven, part eight? Uh, but the sequel to last week or uh, two weeks ago, and I think that's going to be really exciting, uh, just because you know. It, Anytime you get to go into a race with some quote unquote bad blood leads to some drama because every little decision both teams make and every little move and, and, and pass and, and, and driving, you know, error is going to be amplified by this great storyline of these two guys going head to head. You know, I, we haven't really had, Lewis really hasn't had a foil, uh, like this and a competitor fighting against him like this since his own teammate, um, Nico Rosberg a few years ago and the two of them in both Mercedes were the only two really competitive drivers going at it and the two of them hated each other and that was fun because it pushed and excelled uh, Lewis and it made him a better driver and obviously Nico won a championship under that circumstance as well so I think Verstappen who is desperate to still get a you know get get this uh, championship sort of uh, back in control he's he's still in the lead even with without finishing last week he built a good lead after those three back-to-back-to-back races we had a couple weeks ago and now he has to get back some points here not letting lewis beat him and and, and take over the, the the championship so uh that from that storyline i'm excited to see what hungry holds um did this race happen last season i'm just trying to so we did race here last year um uh, for the 2020 edition, uh, Lewis okay. won. Lewis won. Verstappen was two. Bottas was three. And Lance Stroll was fourth. Lance Stroll oh. actually qualified in third, which was a great qualifying for him. But he wasn't able to get on the podium uh, last year. But I, I think, and I might be wrong on this. I'm, I don't have the the thing in front. But it, it, as I recall, it was one of his best races last season. I think he got really close to winning that race, or got got close to the podium on that race. Perez won at the end as well. If you remember that race, Perez came in and won after the big crash. Right, um, big I, comeback. Lance Stroll almost, I think, or maybe did get on the podium uh, as well that race, and that was uh, a huge day for Racing Point. But um, and they were in position. Yeah, that's right. They were in position going into the last race to claim third, and they and they had such a bad final race of the season that McLaren snuck in and, and stole third place from them in the constructors' championship. Well, but, I meant so I mentioned Alpine, and they're kind of withering uh, in yeah. terms of positioning and and where they expect to be. I'm sure. Um, Racing Point had a fantastic year last year. Um, they didn't probably yeah. get what they were looking for out of the respect of other teams and their pink car. 
um, or their copywritten vehicle that looks a lot like a Mercedes. Um, but there's, you know, they've now turned into Aston Martin. I've been promising that we're going to talk about this Bond villain. Um, what's his name? Um, Lawrence Stroll. Uh, Daddy Stroll. Lawrence. That's right. And uh, and what's what's going to happen with this team? Is this team, like you just said, with other vehicles, they're just accepted? This is what yeah. this year is going to yeah, be yeah. on to the knew, next year? or 100%. Yeah, Aston Martin's just going to keep keep plugging along. They know that this was development year one. And, but how, know, do they get, year, how do they get – how do they fall so far? The competition around them just got better or – I mean, I know they've got a new driver in Vettel, but he he's still yeah, a fantastic driver. A lot of teams, well, no, nobody could really make huge changes to their car. So you had the same car coming in. Different teams just were more successful in getting the car a little bit further along with the with the limited resources and 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 money they had, and that's what happened. So I think, and and Ferrari bounced back. Ferrari always knew that. I think they had put so much effort into this season's car ahead of time. Um, and, and, and that's why they, they just shut last season's car down so early, knowing that it wasn't going to be competitive, which is why it wasn't. Um, part of the frustration for Vettel was in the fact that they just had shut down the development of it. So anyway. All right. Uh, final predictions here for Hungary. I think we're going to have a spicy one. I think we're going to have Lewis and Verstappen going head to head here. And I don't know uh, who comes out on top. Honestly, I, I'm afraid to call it anymore because it feels so uh, up in the air, but I think uh, it's going to be one or the other. I would argue that that'll be my prediction. One, one or the other of the two leaders is going to get up the top of the podium. One or the other. Well, I, predicted- well, I don't think we're going to have a surprise winner is I guess what I'm saying. I think it's going to be Lewis or, or Max. This It'll week. be either Max or Lewis. Yeah. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah. So I predicted Tsunoda in tenth last week. I want to uh, take my victory lap because that was successful. Thank you oh, well to Max Verstappen who um, made that possible, or should I say Lewis for making that possible? Um, my prediction this week, though, I I feel like Sergio Perez is going to have a hell of a week and he's going to finish on the podium. Uh, that's my prediction for her uh, Hungary. Hungary race comes at us Sunday, uh, August first. Tune in wherever you can early morning. Thanks again for listening to the Pit Stop Podcast. We'll see you next week. The Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Hattrick Sports and is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. The show is produced by Jordan and Braden Dollar Coltman each week, but mainly Jordan. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.